0: Proverbs 15, I'm going to read verses 13 and 15. And in Proverbs 17, we're going to read verse 22. Alright, we're going to talk about a sorrowful spirit tonight. And say, how long are you going to keep preaching on this stuff until we see some results? Yeah, enough results. I think it's helped a lot of us. It's helped me tremendously. And I know that it has helped some of you. But we need to see, you know. I just uh, I want to see more practical application in your lives. You know, this uh, we gotta quit fighting and walking after the flesh, and we gotta start being led by the Spirit. I mean, you're gonna. You know, this is a spiritual thing, and we've just hammered and hammered and hammered it. But we're just going to keep on having it. It's what makes... The Spirit is life. And that's what the whole deal is. Uh, you know, uh, how many times have I stressed this to you, that what goes on in the physical realm is is manipulated and influenced by the spiritual realm. That's where the life's at. That's where the life is at. And so... We're going to talk about this a little bit. This is something I've been thinking about for a few weeks now. Proverbs 15 verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Be good to just think on that a little bit. Sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Broken spirit. (laughs) But a broken spirit, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity but a broken spirit who can bear it what are you going to do about that it's a serious thing Proverbs 15 verse 15 all the days of the afflicted are evil but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast you can live how you want to live but uh, you're a whole lot better off to live in the joy of the Lord walking in the spirit where there's liberty than to be wallowing in sorrow and having your spirit broken. Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart doth good like a medicine. Boy, everybody knows this verse. But a broken spirit dryeth the bones. One of these days maybe we need to talk about a broken spirit. Sorrow is a part of life, but life's not all about sorrow. Now get that. It is a part of life. Septic tanks are part of life too, but you don't want to live in one, do you? You don't want to smell one all the time, do you? No, but you don't want to do without one either, do you? (laughs) No. Sorrow is kind of like that. It's not a pleasant thing. Nobody enjoys it. Nobody wants it. Everybody tries to avoid it. Everybody tries to get rid of it. But it's a recurring thing in our lives and it always will be as long as we're walking on this earth. It's a necessary part of life. But it should not be the dominating part of life. Y'all listening? Sorrow does for us what nothing else can do for us. To keep our heart right and balanced in its affections. Sorrow works on you. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 3 says sorrow is better than laughter. See we're talking about a merry heart. We're not talking about laughing and foolishness and nonsense. Merry heart ain't that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. Sorrow will make you better in the doses that God prescribes. That's right. You overdose on it and it's going to destroy your life. And those around you. Psalm 126 and verse 5 say that, says that they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Now that's the way it works. According to God's word. Sorrow ends in joy. When it's prescribed by God. When it's from the hand of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10 and 11 says this for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of now that's a good thing isn't it that kind of sorrow is the salvation of your soul leads you that but but the sorrow of the world worketh death for behold the self same thing this self same thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort what carefulness it wrought in you. See, this is what godly sorrow, the effect it has. What carefulness it wrought in you. What clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. Yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. Yea, what revenge. In all things you have reproved, approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. So, that godly sorrow got them right with God. And got their life straightened out, Got them right. It works that way. It's God has to dump a load of sorrow on us a lot of times to get us to wake up from our foolishness. And take life seriously. And appreciate the things that we ought to appreciate. Sorrow comes from what? Loss. Sorrow and grief, they go together. I mean, they're just about synonymous, but grief comes from loss. Well, now, we know that's in front of us, don't we? Don't all of us know that that we are going to lose loved ones? We're going to lose our strength. We're going to lose our health. We're going to may lose more than that. And in the end, (laughs) you lose your life in this world. I mean, that's the way it is. Why is it so much sorrow acquainted with that? So sorrow has its place and its work in our lives, but it's not the dominant thing that works in our lives. But see, a lot of people it is, and that's what I'm trying to get around to here tonight and try to admonish you not to allow this to happen to you where sorrow becomes what your life is about. A sorrowful spirit. You don't want that. Sorrow's got to be mixed with everything else. Or it becomes death to us. And to those around us. It spreads. Gloom spreads. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Bad spirits. Everything bad spreads. It just spreads. It just it just floats around and gets all over everybody. And this does too. Sorrow has the power to take over your life. If you don't keep and rule your own spirit. We've, You know, I've stressed this from the beginning. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Defenseless. Wide open. Vulnerable. To any spirit that wants to come in, is wide open. You just open the door and let the gates open. And if he, if you don't rule your own spirit, you can rule your own spirit. You, you don't have to let grief and sorrow just take you down to the bottom and and drown you there. You don't have to do that. So well, how do you avoid it? Well, let me ask you, what about God? How about that? Does God help us? What about the Spirit of God? Does does God give us strength? Does He give us light? Does He help us in that matter at all? Yes, He does. Because sorrow is emotion and feeling. It's a matter of the heart, you see. Now, if you've listened... Through the years here, I mean, we've been on this a lot, but your heart is the seat of your emotion. It's the feelings. It's your desires. That's, that's your heart. A lot of people mix that up with the flesh. They think the flesh is all of that. No, that's your heart. And your mind is something else. Your mind is what you think with. Now, isn't that deep? Boy. Isn't that profound? Your mind is where you live. I mean, it is. And that's where the battlefield, the spiritual battlefield, is at. We've just harped and harped and harped on that. I just hate to say it again because I've said it so many times, but that is the battlefield. Your heart is not the battlefield. Your heart is the problem. That's why you need a new one. Because sorrow is emotion and feeling. It's a matter of the heart. Sorrow. Sorrow. It's your grief, man. It's your feeling. It's, it's, you just wallow in that feeling. You can't get away from it. These strong feelings commandeer the mind and control the thoughts. Now, is that hard to understand? When you're grief-stricken, you're not thinking about anything else, are you? And, and, and the devil can get a hold of you in that state and he can just absolutely strangle you with it. Because he, you know, if you don't rule your own spirit, then you're just going to continue there. You're just going to wallow in it. You're just going to habitually fall into this thought all the time and just let it torment you and torment you and torment you. That's the end of the line for most people, to be honest with you. They remain in their sorrowful state and grow more and more bitter as the years pass. Because you've got to blame it on somebody. If you're not happy, you've got to blame it on somebody. It's what everybody does. Amen. If it isn't all goody-goody for me, then it's somebody's fault. And that's bitterness. And that's what it turns into. Sorrow that's unchecked, that's unrefrained, unrestrained. It goes to bitterness. Now, the child of God in whom the Spirit of God dwells, there's an awakening from that state of sorrow. Sorrow is like, we've talked about the spirit of infirmity. Infirmity is a real reality in this life. There is infirmity. We do get sick. We do get weak. In mind, body, and all of it. It is a real thing. But a spirit of infirmity is when... You're not really sick, but you just like to think you are. Mm -hmm. People call it a, (laughs) you know, the psychiatrists and everything, they call it a hypochondriac. And we use that too, but it's a spirit of infirmity. Remember when we preached about that? And that woman has been over uh, 30 some years, or no, 18 years it was. Been over. Wasn't nothing wrong with her. She just thought she was sick. Because she was sick 18 years ago and she's never got over it. Did you ever know anybody like that? And Jesus loosed her from that spirit of infirmity and she straightened up and lived again. And this is the same thing. Sorrow is a part of life. We are going to experience sorrow Jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. But that isn't what ruled his life, was it? Is that where he lived? This mourn and cry and weep and sorrow and whoa, whoa, whoa. Boo-hoo-hoo. Is that where he lived? No. No. Not at all. Did he experience sorrow? Yes. Are you going to experience sorrow? Yes. Grief? Yes. Are you going to shed tears? Yes. It's certain that we are, but don't go swirling down the drain with it as it takes you down. Yes, sir. There's got to be a check on things. Abraham buried his wife of a lifetime, and he mourned for a certain period of time, and it says, "When the days of his mourning ended, they mourned for a certain period of time, and then they quit, mourning. So how do you do that? How do you just shut it off? That's not what it means. You lose your wife or your husband or some other loved one, it's always going to be a sorrow of your heart. But you have to live. Why did God leave you here? to just cry and weep and mourn the rest of your 50 years or whatever? No. He left you here for some other reason. So we need to get to it. It's alright to mourn. And it's alright to weep because of the sorrow. We're not saying that. You understand me? I'm not saying that it's not and that you shouldn't even mourn. Oh, are you listening? But some people just... It just becomes what their life is all about. For a child of God the, in whom the Spirit of God dwells, there's an awakening... Listen to this. Uh, Psalm 30 and verse 5. It says, in his, I'm cutting in in the middle of it. In His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Now why does the Bible say that? Why does the Bible say that? Is that just, is that just so we can make some good songs out of that verse? <laughs> and we can really, you know, make poems and stuff and be cheered up by those words. No, that's a reality. That's a statement of fact. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Night comes before day. That's the way it is. Now, God will help the one that trusts in Him. If I didn't believe this, I'd just quit. I'd quit. If God won't help you in your sorrow, then what good is He in anything else? God will help you if you trust in Him. Psalm 16, verse 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. I believe that. I believe it now. And if I believe it now, then I'll believe it when I can't see the way. God, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence is fullness of joy. At Thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In thy presence is fullness of joy. So if you're just full of sorrow and you ain't got any joy, where's God? You're not in His presence. You've forgotten God. You've forsaken God. You've turned away from God. Are you to have help. So you're just mean and cruel. No, somebody needs to shake the cage once in a while for people. You, just, you need to hear it. I know some people that need to hear this tonight. To the chief musician for the sons of Kor, Psalm 46 verses 1 through 5. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High God. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Then one of my favorite verses. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Psalm 112, verse 4. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion. And righteous. So don't tell me that you got to live that way. Don't tell me that you got to be down in the dumps and depressed and hopeless. Because of something that happened to you. Or something you lost. Or something somebody did to you. So it's a truth that's easy to find all over the Word of God. That sorrow is a part of every life. But it's not the way of life for a child of God who trusts in Him. The Spirit of God that has quickened us and lives within us, which gives us light and life to our spirit will lead us to joy out of sorrow every time. We all are awful quiet tonight. Are you breathing? Is anybody breathing? (laughs) Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love... Joy! You're not going to find sorrow in there anywhere. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. Where'd it come from then? I mean, why you got it? Now, a merry heart is not foolish, joking, silly, or shallow-minded. That's not what the Bible's talking about when it says, He that is of a merry heart. Or a merry heart does good like a medicine. It's not talking about Uh, A fool. It's not talking about a clown. Or a jester. That's not what it's talking about. A merry heart is not a heart that just lives on laughter and vain, meaningless blather. Amen. Amen. One who has a merry heart is content with the life God has given. That's a merry heart as well as the things which he possesses and the people God has put in his life. That's a merry heart. That's a happy person. That's a person who's got joy. A merry heart. Now that does good like a medicine. It's a continual feast. I mean, it, it brightens up your countenance. You ever walk around now, like in Walmart or any place, and just look at people? You ever look at their faces? Do they look happy? Nobody's happy. What's the matter with everybody? God's gone. They don't know God. They don't know how to find Him. They don't believe there's anything there. So they'd rather have their sorrow and their bitterness than to have God. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. Now that's the truth tonight. You get close to God, you'll find joy. <laughs> my, my, my. One who has a merry heart is content. A person with a merry heart is a person who has hope for the future. That does not depend on what happens in this world, in my life, to my, to my stuff, to my family, to whatever, my job, Whatever. A merry heart, a person that has a merry heart, has hope that don't depend on any of that. I mean, you take anything away from him and it don't take away his joy. That's the way it works, folks. Now, that's a fact. That's the truth. That's the way it is. A merry heart. merry heart like that, Say here, one who has a merry heart is not a person who never experiences sorrow, though. But he just doesn't live in it, he doesn't live in sorrow. Now, you know, let's just get real here. We all know we've, you know, a lot of you are young, but you've lived long enough to realize that people are like this. <clears throat> You know, I've told you about, like, in Virginia, there was this old lady in the church, and you dare not ask her how she was, because <laughs> you couldn't get loose from her. I mean, and, and all you could hear about was her, everything that hurt from the tip of her toe to the top of her head, and and so, you know, everybody just say hi, good to have you. No, don't ever say how are you, how you feeling. That's what we're talking about here. Just dwelling on the, the, you know, eating off the bottom all the time. Man. The devil has not been able to set up a stronghold in his soul, the one with a merry heart, with sorrow or grief to the point that his spirit can be described as sorrowful. The person who has a merry heart is the person who the devil has not been able to set up a stronghold in his heart and mind with sorrow. He's overcome it. You got a merry heart? It's because you've overcome. You've moved on. When you think about it, it's still sorrowful. It never goes away. You lose a loved one to death 30 years later you're still going to, that lump will just come right up in your throat when you think about it. But you don't live your life thinking all the time like that. And at the same time, you come to realize that it's just me being selfish. I was thinking about it today. Some people that I know that have went on that I really have every right to believe that they're in the presence of the Lord. What are they experiencing right now? Yes. And shouldn't that make me happy? Yes. <laughs> Instead of cry when I cry and feel sorrow, it's for me. Not for them. And when you realize that, you think, my, what a selfish person. How can I be so selfish? They're free from pain. They're never going to have to go to a doctor and they're never going to have to be told you're sick, you got cancer, you got something wrong with you, you're going to die. You got some rough road ahead. Of you. Never going to hear nothing like that. No more night, no more death, no more sickness, pain, sorrow, crying. And they're in that place and they're with the Lord. And, and we say we believe it. But then we cry about it. We just got it all backwards. Better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. The day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Now that's what the Bible says. But we just don't look at it like that, do we? We shout for joy and we're tickled to death when a baby's born. And then we weep and mourn when somebody dies. When a saint of God dies. And <clears throat> But you know, really... <clears throat> I know some people get, you know, the church has got everybody in it, but who died here not too long ago? It was some person that we knew, but it, boy, the funeral was altogether different. Oh, there was a yes, that was one, yeah. It was just, uh, well, it's a, it, everybody weeps, but it's not weeping of sorrow. It's, it's just the overload of, Emotion you can't deal with because of the joy. And at the same time, sorrow for like Brother Kenny. You know, I felt sorry for him. But he didn't feel sorry for himself. (laughs) I see such a difference in people in the way they deal with this. And I'm telling you, it really tells on us. What we really believe and what we've really got in here, I'm telling you, if you can walk with God and believe Him in the light, then you ought to be able to believe Him in the darkness. If it's real in the light, it'll be real in the darkness. God is faithful. He don't forsake us. He don't leave us in the dark. Under the upright, there ariseth a light in the darkness. Ain't that wonderful? It always just thrills me to think about that. Because it's true. I know that it's true. Because I've experienced that in my life. Have you? God comes to the rescue. He does. And He doesn't leave us to wallow in hopeless misery and sorrow. We get our share of it. But we get over it. That's my point. that's the message here tonight. His spirit, this was the person with a merry heart, his spirit is under the influence of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and not evil spirits of devils. That's the big difference and that's what we preach through this whole thing for all this months now is that's the issue right there. Who's my guide? Who's the strongest influence in my life in my mind? Over my emotions and feelings and desires, who's the strongest influence? Is God? Is it God? Is it the Spirit of God? Or am I just freewheeling? Or is it something else involved? You better believe there is. Ready at the ready at the gate to enter to enter fear and intervene. Since the Spirit is the Vital principle of life. You know, vitality, that's what, that's the very vital, uh, vital principle. That's what that means. Vitality is, is life. It's what makes you alive, it's what shows that you're alive. The vitality is that fight to live. It's the vital principle. The spirit is the vital principle, it's what runs you. It's really the life that is in you. The Spirit is life. Right? The Bible says that. You've heard me say that. You've heard me read it out of the Bible. Yep, it is. Now, at that point, our Spirit is the vital principle of life and it's that part that controls everything else. So we don't want a sorrowful Spirit. The Spirit operates in the mind and thoughts. And if those thoughts are dominated by the feelings and desires of the heart, then our spirit will become sorrowful. Y'all get that? Your feelings. You, You allow your feelings to control your thoughts. And you habitually do that until you're... That is walking after the flesh. That's walking after the lust of the heart. It's not. It's the opposite of walking after the spirit. There's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See, you're led by the spirit. It's the vital principle. It's the thing that controls y'all. I feel like I'm grasping here to try to get you to see what I'm talking about here. What's your spirit doing? while your heart is grieving, where is it at? I mean, who's got the reins? Who's got the steering wheel? Who's got the keys? I mean, what's going on here? Just be aware what's going on. We're not just to be like wild horses just running wild with no reins, no control, none of that. The Lord possesseth my reins he, he controls my spirit if I yield to him see but we can just let things go and get in a terrible mess here the spirit operates in the minds and thoughts now at that point in our life uh, at that point our life will be dominated by sorrow if our spirit becomes sorrowful if we just let things go I'm talking about somebody just won't quit grieving. Just won't quit grieving. Won't get up and move on. I watched my grandma grieve herself to death until she died. She would never get over it. Her mother did pretty much the same thing. I'll be honest with you, that's just what happened. Won't get over it. Just, no matter what, no matter what, I go to my grandma's house and We'd sit down and talk and she'd laugh and care, but it wouldn't be I mean it wouldn't be five minutes until she would steer the conversation right back to you know Raymond he's, he died and he's gone and, and it's then weep, weep, weep. Sorrow, sorrow, sorrow. Those are just two examples that I knew real well but I've watched countless others do the same thing. And it's not only that. It's that issue of losing a spouse or a loved one. It's just... You can just let bitterness uh, eat you up, you know and the devil will just feed you with it continually. Why don't you take control of your spirit like the Bible tells us to? And the Bible tells us what will happen if we don't. You'd be like a city without walls without gates whose walls are broken down and all that. We'll become that person that others try to avoid because we're so dark and negative. Isn't that what you do? That's what everybody does. You know, you get tired of hearing it. Same old story. Same old thing. Can't have a conversation with a person like this because it's just going to go that same route. Same route. Just go down in a ditch and just run that ditch again. And again. And again. And it's just gloom and doom and down and out. and Well, we have patience and compassion and all of that. And I feel for people. But, but at the same time, it's wrong to have a sorrowful spirit. And if you have a sorrowful spirit, it's your fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's not God's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's your fault for not fighting the good fight. Of faith, say yes. so you believe God, and you won't resist the devil, because that's what this is all about. That's it? We become a black hole and draw everyone that gets near us into the darkness with us. That's what happens, and people go to avoiding you. Our light, and then that makes you bitter, and that makes you angry at everybody because nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear your story anymore. You can't live on pity. Pity and sympathy does not heal your grief and sorrow. Amen! Amen! So quit seeking it. When you seek pity, people withhold it from you. That's a fact. People will naturally pity you and have sympathy for you and compassion for you if you've suffered some loss and, and... You have a a right to be sorrowful. People will share that with you for a proper amount of time. But they're going to get tired of you just living on pity and seeking it all the time. And then they'll start shunning you and getting away from you and pushing you, pushing you away. Man, you're mean. Now, I'm not mean. I'm just telling you the truth of the ideas. Our life becomes like an unpleasant smell to others and so they stay away from us. You get a sorrowful spirit and that's just what, you, just what you're kind of like. There was a certain place in Mexico when we lived down there and we when we went through there, it stunk real bad. Worse than everywhere else. And, uh, and everybody, it's just a name now. You know. Yep. It was where we went across that avenue and there was that sewer smell. Didn't want to live there. Didn't want to go down there and eat somewhere. <laughs> no. All we want to do is get away from there as fast as we could. Yes. And that's how it is. You better believe that's how it is. A merry heart's not like that. Somebody's got a merry heart, they're content, they're satisfied, they're happy. They're cheerful. They've got a continual feast. Are the kind of people that other people are drawn to. Yes. Amen. Well, a sorrowful spirit is always a bad thing and not to be continued in First Thessalonians four thirteen. Y'all have heard this verse so many times. I hear it at every funeral. But I would not that have you to be ignorant. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That ye Sorrow not, as others, even as others which have no hope. Sorrow? Yeah, we're going to sorrow. But not as others who have no hope. Not like the lost people in this world who are without God and without hope in this world. Man, their sorrow is bad. (laughs) Because there's no hope. No hope. When it becomes bondage, we've forgotten God and Satan has been able to establish a stronghold in our mind with it. Did you hear what it said? When your sorrow becomes bondage, you have left God. And His presence is fullness of joy. And bondage is a thing the devil does. Jesus came to deliver us from that bondage where we read in Hebrews chapter 2 the other day. <clears throat> if we, and the devil's been able to establish a stronghold in our mind with it. Because that's all you think about. He can, just, he can just hit the button and you go right back to it. No matter what you say. You get in the habit of look, looking for things to remind you of it. I mean everything reminds you of whatever your sorrow is about. You get in the habit of that. Once you get in a habit of looking the other way, looking to God, looking at what He's done, looking at the promises, I mean, you know, you can control that mind, Guard up the loins of your mind. If we truly have faith in God and His promises when the sun's shining, we'll have them, We'll have faith in Him when it's dark. Alright, I'm about done here. We're served a good helping of sorrow, if we are, it's because God means it for our good and His glory. And it's not meant to be our lot forever. (coughs) Did you hear that? God don't make us sorry forever. We need it once in a while. Because it just sobers us up. It gets us back on track. It straightens out our mind. It straightens out our heart and our feelings and stuff. It just... It brings everything. It's just like yanking back on the reins real hard. And, brings us to a halt, do not it? it? Sure does. Makes us think. That's why it's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting because there, men, lay it to heart. They see the end of all things. They lay it to heart. And then the next verse talks about it more, how they think. It causes them to think about this. I've known people through the years <laughs> who wouldn't go to a funeral. Wouldn't go to a funeral home. Wouldn't have nothing to do with it. Well, that's not good. Their mom and dad wouldn't make them go. Protecting them from that. Protecting them from what God said you need to do. I don't believe that helped them much. If we're, now, the bitter makes the sweet taste so much sweeter. But without it, we wouldn't really know what a merry heart is, would we? You know, you have to have the contrast to understand or to realize the fullness. You need a bitter with a sweet. We do. We just do. Life just can't be all, uh, you know, there you go, roses. I was thinking a bowl of cherries. But Gary don't like cherries, so he wouldn't get it at all. So... I don't want to leave anybody out. Life can't be just all pleasant things. Not in a world full of sin like we live in. Not a world that's been wrecked by this mess. <clears throat> nope. It's going to be trouble. There's death here. Uh, there's sickness and suffering. And, and with all of that comes sorrow. Sorrow's not going to be in heaven. There ain't going to be no sorrow there. We say, oh, that's wonderful. But we don't even begin to realize what that really means. There's something not right in the soul of one who lingers too long in the cesspool of sorrow. Let me read these verses to you one more time. <clears throat> Proverbs fifteen thirteen: A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Well, I'm getting kind of old, so I got a lot of memories, and I have met a lot of people, and I, and it's just like I can just flip through the files, and I can remember people who just who that verse reminds me of. Merry heart, make the cheerful countenance. I've been around people that were just like. I drink of fresh water when you're thirsty. You get around them and you're refreshed. Not because they gave you anything or not because of any particular thing. Not because they just astonished you with their wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all of that. Their spirit, their spirit just breathe life into you. I mean, how? what in the world? How else could I say it? And then I've been around other people and you have too. You understand where it just feels like they're drawing the blood right out of you. Yeah. sir. Now which one will you seek out and gravitate to? Which one will you avoid? It's very simple, isn't it? What kind of person you want to be? You want to be the kind of person that refreshes other people? Or you want to be the kind of person that just <laughs> everybody dreads to see coming? You don't really have to try. This is not something you got to just work at. Just rule your spirit. Rule your spirit. Realize once again what this is all about. about The weapons of our warfare, not carnal. This is a spiritual battle. It takes place in your mind. Your mind is affected by feelings and emotions and desires. (laughs) They simplify it all down to so many words nowadays and totally miss the mark altogether. If you just understand what's going on in your being... Your heart, your mind, your spirit. You can do something about it. You can make your life a lot better. And you can be a blessing instead of a curse. All the days of the afflicted are evil. Wow. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now, we like the feast, don't we? We had one here the other night. I mean, how many kinds of soup did we have? <laughs> We're thinking about Thanksgiving, man. We got turkeys. Y'all got turkey? Gary got a turkey the other day. She, See there? Now they got two turkeys. She got a turkey free. It wasn't free, you had to spend $100 to get it. Though. And it's just a little turkey, so it's got to be good. They wouldn't give you anything over what? 12 pounds? Is that what you said, Dakota? it got to be 12. Yeah. Probably the ones that nobody would buy last year because they wanted bigger turkeys. But it doesn't matter. We're planning on a feast, aren't we? Because that's what we like. It's going to be fun. It's going to be pleasant. We're going to all get together and we're going to have a good time. And we're going to sing and eat and talk and Gary will tell a few jokes. And... <laughs> Life can be wonderful if you want it to. Without wallowing in sin. And going to the bottom. That brings you sorrow. And trouble. All the days of the afflicted are evil. That's trouble. Trouble, trouble, trouble. One more verse: a, a merry heart doth good like a medicine, <laughs> but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Oh, you talk about being full of joy, but you but sorrow is. It's like being empty of everything. See the contrast. Life's pretty short. You better get a handle on this. You don't want to waste your days wallowing in sorrow and when there's no point in it and no need for it and no profit in it and, and God's not pleased with it and it's just not right to do. If God, no matter what happens in our life, if God, the Holy Ghost, is our Comforter, as Jesus said He was and as the Bible says He is, then how can we Continue in that kind of a state. I mean, if God's real, Spirit God's real, this book is true, then, and you believe it, then how can you stay in that state? Where's God? He's helped others. Why won't He help you? He will help you. You're the one holding, holding the reins. You're the one that's got the door shut. Open the door. Let him have the reins. Be amazed what your life would be like with God in control instead of you. There's only one way to have victory over sorrow and that's to have faith in God and to trust in His promises. Now that may sound generic and simple and oversimplified, but that's just the fact of the way it is. God is the answer. And He is the only answer. They ain't got no answers in this world. Ain't nothing else got an answer. And there's only one God. (laughs) The rest are phonies and fakes and lies of blinded minds and full of sorrow. Did you ever read how some of these other jokers died in sorrow and grief All right, I hope that will do you a little bit of good. I hope I got enough across to help you understand this. Are we hard-hearted toward people that are sorrowful? No, no, no. No, we weep with them that weep. And we rejoice with them that rejoice. And it's not nothing when somebody suffers loss. Or some calamity in life that causes sorrow. That's not a light thing that everybody ought to do. But we can live through it. And we can go on. And we can have a merry heart. Because God's God. And He keeps His promises. And He does what He says. I was reading another day where Joshua's reminding the people. When he's fixing to die, his last, some of his last words were telling the people of Israel, mark it, he's, you know, he didn't say it that way, but he said, I just want to point it out to you today, that it, all that God has promised has come to pass. He said, not one word has failed of all the good things that God promised you over these 40 years. That's true. Yeah. Ought to end well. Life ought to end well. And it will if you'll take heed to this. Father, thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for these truths, Lord. Thank You for the understanding that You give in this matter. And I pray that You'd help us. Grief and sorrow are powerful things when they come upon us. Just like so many other things in life, Feelings and emotions that just overwhelm us if we allow them to So uh, we stressed on sorrow tonight but there's a lot of other things uh, other emotions and feelings and desires that are a great danger to our soul if we don't uh, rule our spirit please Spirit of God make it clear to the hearts and the minds of the folks that hear this I pray and that it be a help to us all in this in this uh, fight, this race that we call life here on earth. Help us, Lord, to, to make it to the end faithful and pleasing in your sight. Please go with us now and watch over us all. Help these in need, these that are sick. Lord, help them tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.